Hello, pals. You know the saying that time flies when you're having fun. It also flies when you are crazy busy. It has been a while since our last pal pod because Blake has been super busy and I have not picked up the slack. It is getting more and more challenging to find individuals that want to be interviewed. If you are interested, please let myself or Blake know by sending us an email um, at the email address listed in the description of this episode. For this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Caitlin Baker from FL Davis Ace Hardware down in Arkansas, and we had a very good conversation about her business. I hope you enjoy this episode. We are always looking for feedback. Please drop us a note at the email below. Have a great day. All right, I'm here with Caitlin today. And Caitlin is from the great state of Arkansas, right? Boop, boop, yep. Uh, how many stores do you have, Caitlin? So we have four stores, one sister store, and we're in the process right now of building another store. That is crazy. <laughs> it's quite a bit, quite a bit going on, but like everybody this year, it's just been a crazy year. <laughs> how, uh, how long has the process taken to build that another store? Longer than I'd like. <laughs> Let's see, we closed on the property in December. Right now we're in the really early stages of going through the planning commission. Uh, we hope to break ground next month if everything goes through. You know, we don't have any tweaks we have to do. So um, fingers crossed we get through that smoothly and we can break ground next month. And I'm thinking optimistically an end of year grand opening. Um, I would like for it to be sooner, but just with how backed up in our area construction is, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Is uh, Are you going through ACE for most of the project or are you doing it yourself? Um, the For the building or like for the plan, the store layout? For the store layout. Oh, yeah, we go through ACE. Um, we work with the project um, planners and get the store layout from them. And um, we maybe do a little bit of tweaking with them, but pretty much, yeah, just through ACE. Have you done a uh, ground-up store before? No, we usually buy a, um older building and renovate. This will be our first build-to-suit. Um, so we'll see how it goes. We'll have, uh, I've heard good things about build-to-suits, and I've heard scary things about build-to-suits. <laughs> It it should be fun. You'll have to keep us in the loop. Uh, maybe just, maybe set up your own website, uh, buildinganacestore.com or something like that. <laughs> Give some like video and picture updates and yeah. <laughs> uh, so how did you get into the business? I grew up in it. So my grandfather started the company in the early '60s. Um, my mom bought the stores from him in the late '90s. She actually had opened up a uh, re an hardware store. And then in the late 90s, she bought his company. Um, early 2000s, we uh, opened up another location. And um, then 2014, another one. 2017, opened up the most recent one. So I grew up working in the stores like most um, kids of the owners and went off to college. Um, and did some did work outside of the company and came back full time probably about seven six or seven years ago 
And what is the name of the uh, the Ace source? S.L. Davis Ace. And how did that name come about? That's my grandfather's name. Um, it was originally S.L. Davis Builder Supply for the first store, and then um, then it was the home F.L. Davis Home Center for our second location. And then as we kind of grew on extra stores, um, just kind of go by S.L. Davis Ace now. And what is your role in the business? <laughs> um, the person who wears many hats. <laughs> but I would say um, probably operations, uh, working on store processes. Um, that, that's, that's my main focus. I have one store that I am the manager of. The second one, I'll be over both of those. But um, company-wide, my responsibilities are focused on store operations. And do you have any other family members involved? Um, so my, you know, my mom still um, owns them, and she's involved. And then I have a um, cousin who is an office manager. I have uh, her husband is um, our general manager, and I have an aunt who helps uh, my mom with the bookkeeping. So we do still have uh, quite a bit of family in our sister store. That is my another aunt and another cousin store that they run. Um, so quite a bit of family, honestly. That sounds fun. Did you take the class at the show about um, working in a family business with family? No, I didn't. I didn't see that one. You could probably run that class. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I love it. I, I really, it's probably my favorite part. So your favorite part is is the family business or is the family part of it? Yeah, I mean just I worked at a corporate job before I came back to the business and I quickly realized, you know, this just didn't suit my personality and and the environment I enjoyed being around that I grew up in which was, you know, really um family oriented. You know, a lot of our um top leaders in the stores are uh, people I grew up with that have known me since you know, very young, and we have a, a real family feel in our stores, and I love that. And um, there's a that that's been something we've had, and I I missed it whenever I um, had jobs outside of the company. So yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorite aspects is getting to work with family and people who are just like my family. What don't you like about your business? <laughs> Probably. Uh, I would say probably the parts that are kind of like drain energy from me are the things that are probably the same for most retail owners is um, anytime there's like a conflict resolution, I mean, it just comes with the job. It's part of it, but that's probably the stuff that, that drains my energy or is the part, you know, you, you least look forward to, but I think that's fairly common for most people. What, are you doing in your store that you like to brag about? Um, so the store that I'm um, the manager at in Pea Ridge, I love that I have a group there who has a really high customer satisfaction score who are constantly looking to improve the store. So the culture at that location, I just, I, I love my team. I love them. I 
I send videos of their accomplishments. I post all the customer um, uh, compliments on the wall forum. I'm just that team I'm so proud of and their their helpfulness to customers, their desire to keep the store always improving and not getting stale and just the pride they take in it. So that that's probably what I love to brag about the most is, is uh, my team. What is your leadership style on your team? Um, I would say coaching would probably be my leadership style. I like to look at my team and find Where's my strengths? Where's my weaknesses? Where do I need to get them? Um, someone with maybe different uh, skill set or knowledge base. And um, I like working with people individually and coaching them through um, learning the store processes and um, projects. So I would say coaching um, would probably best suit my leadership style. Um, but I definitely struggle with the um, handoff of responsibilities, making sure it's, it's done right. I have to sometimes remember to tell myself it's okay if it's not done what you call perfect because at a time you didn't do it perfect and you grew from learning. <laughs> so I definitely have to remind myself of that. Are you a perfectionist? Um, I think control freak might be better, <laughs> but a, a, a self-aware control freak who is working on it. <laughs> Um, so, but I, I do like things to be done right, but I also try to recognize that in learning to do it right, you're going to make mistakes, and that's part of learning to do it right. But it is something I have to be a little bit more aware of with myself. What do you need to do better in your store? Better in my stores? Um, let's see. I think, I think something as our stores are growing as we're going through um, some changes in processes is being understanding of the difficulty of change. Um, a lot of the processes I'm working on are switching up to a more um, you know, digital, a lot of stuff we're trying to go paperless in, but there's a lot of changes that take people who didn't use certain software computer systems that now are and as and also just change of behavior because what used to work for just operating in one store as you grow to four and five and six that's that's not the case so as we're making these changes i think always keeping in mind the weight of what you're changing the weight of what you're doing and and helping people being um, available and open to questions or frustrations as you as you work through change so I think that's something um, as we're going through this growth kind of pain point um, to be aware of that could always do better on. If you could change one thing ACE does now to improve it, what would it be? To improve ACE? Yes. Um, so, so I would really love to see some more research and development, people have probably heard me talk about this, but research and development on efficiencies in the store. I think ACE has come such a long way. I really love the new app. I use it almost every day in my day-to-day. -day. So does my, my team, and it's such a huge help. But I'd also like to see with the uh, more research and development in store technology, um, and then knowing 
or if they are doing it, being aware of it. I know a lot of times we hear about pilot programs that they're going to roll out a new process. And what are these pilot programs? How do you get considered for a pilot program? And um, what all is being piloted at any one time? Um, I'd love to see either more awareness of that or um, more tech-focused, uh, tech software-focused research and development for our stores. I think that's going to um, – automation and uh, new technology is going to play a big role in the coming years in retail. Do you think ACE should develop the technology themselves or pay for someone else to develop it for them? You know, I, I've thought about that, too. I wonder – you know, sometimes I wonder, do we have – for some of these solutions or some of these problems we're looking for, do we have like a Dan O'Haver of inventory for whatever other problem there is? Like, is there people within ACE that maybe we're just not aware that they've changed the system to, to fit them or, or done some improvement? Do we have more people like that? Or should we start investing, you know, kind of like we did with Gromit in maybe startup tech companies that are focusing in retail operations? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I would love, I think that's what I like about PAL is because I'm always asking, what are you doing? How is, what, what's your process? How does it work? What, what didn't work? Because I'm looking for people who have come up with solutions to problems I have. So I'd be interested to know if there's more um, creative um, solutions like that within our groups. And I think more engagement in these groups like PAL and multi-store kind of highlight that, but um, it might be worth investing in some startup tech companies as well. What is unique about your store? I think our stores are unique because of our giftware boutique. I mean, we do a lot of clothing, furniture, home decor, um, which we always get a really um, great reaction. A lot of women come in and like, you have stuff for us. Like, or, you know, they'll be like, I want to go to the hardware store with my husband because I want to go to the boutique and I want to look at what you have. And so we get a lot of um, women shoppers who are happy to see that we have, uh, you know, more than just traditional hardware. And I think that sets us apart um, in our stores. Do you sell, um, do you sell socks? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We sell socks. We sell, we sell bralettes. <laughs> we sell shoes and jeans, I mean, all kind of apparel. My general manager, he's my cousin, he did say, though, if we start selling women's underwear, he that might be that might be it for him. <laughs> he well, said what if about, we brought, huh? Go ahead. He said if we brought women underwear in, that, that, that just might be the, the straw for him in the clothing. <laughs> what about boxers? Well, you know... <laughs> I don't know if – I can't remember if they're at his store yet, but I recently brought in, you know, Fit Kicks has those, like, funny boxers that are just, like, those two left feet socks, but they have it in, like, the men's boxers. Oh, we do have those. Um, what is your idea for Ace's future? Ace's future? I mean, I know a lot of people are um, talking about – online sales and what's coming to retail. I think I think Ace and our stores, people, we still have so many shoppers that want to see and touch and feel. And 
will want to come into stores to look at what we have. And I still think our people, their knowledge base, their customer service is our differentiator. I, I do think as ACE as a whole, as we look forward, we're going to have to um, look at ways to improve labor efficiencies, look at improving our stores to keep that competitive edge, and um, especially with the struggles in um, hiring, retaining, um, the minimum wage clause going up. So I think as we look to the future, we're, we're going to have to look at our stores and what's our most um, and best use of time. Um, I, I see that being a big focus going forward, especially, I know it is for our company. What keeps you going day in and day out working at the stores? Um, the people. I, I love, you know, seeing people in the communities and that I know and have relationships with. I, I always joke with people that, you know, you almost feel like you're socializing all day long because you know these people, you know their projects, you know, you know their families and um, your your team, um, your relationships with them. So for me, it's the it's the people, both you know the stores in the stores and the customers. What's the biggest mistake you've made in in your stores? Um, I would say probably wanting to change too much too fast. When I came on board, I saw. Um, and heard from other stores things they were doing differently that I thought would be a huge improvement if we could get there. And I think my biggest mistake that I learned afterwards was trying to push too much too soon, not taking it in smaller bite-sized steps um, because it was big changes that, that really needed more time um, and more more communication with the people involved of, of what their comfortability was with the change in steps. So um, now I'm much more mindful of when I change something or if we're bringing on a new process or a new software to, you know, break the steps out, have, you know, deep conversations with them if they, what's their comfortability level, what do they need to, to become more comfortable and having um, a little bit more patience with it. What is your best customer story? <laughs> I would say my best one is um, there's a, a lady. She's so sweet. Her name is Miss Wanda, and she came into my store, and she is uh, usually has someone drive her. She, she tells me if I can get to the four-way stop and, and I can still tell what the price is of gas, then I feel comfortable to keep driving. If I can, it's not a good day, and I go back home. Um and she's about, I think she just turned 100, actually. She was 99. I think she just turned 100. And she came in there, and she wanted her light bulb. She had some light bulbs in her shop her husband put up, and they were the old fluorescent style. They had all burnt out, and she really wanted to swap it out for something else and something LED. And so I, I had a replacement. Um, she could swap the old fluorescent plug-in for this new LED one, it was really simple. And she said, well, I don't know anybody. Everyone I know is dead. So will you come change my light bulbs? <laughs> and I said, sure, I'll come down and I'll, I'll swap out your fixture for you and I'll, I'll change your light bulb. And she just cracked me up because she was so full of spirit and life. And she just said, well, everyone I know is dead, so I can't do it. And every once in a while now, she'll still call me and say, you know, something she needs or something that she would like. And I'm, 
I think I always remember her because she's just such a little spitfire and, and had so much energy at that, at you know, at her age, and I loved it. That's awesome. <laughs> what new and outstanding products do you have in your store that we should all be aware of? I, you know, I really leaned on the PAL New Vendor Spotlight to give recommendations for new products. I brought a lot of those in. I think that's something I have not done as well of in the last shows is getting new products. I can't wait for an in-person show to be able to see new products. But I went with um, some recommendations from the PAL, the new vendor um, spotlights that had Meat Church. Um, we had, I brought in all the Meat Church line, and those have done really well. Let's see, I brought in the popcorn, um, the, oh, what's the name of that popcorn? They, they make the twist, they make the licorice, the Australian licorice. Sure. Uh, uh, I, I'm drawing a blank. Something chaos or something simply, it's the new popcorn, and it is yummy. They have a cake batter one that I cannot keep in stock. My employees almost eat it all. Um, brought in all the flavors of Dot's pretzels. This all sounds food-based, and it probably is. Um, and let's see, there was a few others from the vendor spotlight that I brought in um, pretty much anything to do with barbecue, brought in all kinds of new charcoal. Um, so many people have their different, you know, preferences for charcoal style and having a wider variety of charcoal this year was really helpful because sometimes it would be out of stock. Um, so I had a wider selection, which really helped me have uh, an option available for people. But um, I would say for new items, I'm, I'm dying for the next in-person show. I don't know about you, but I know I want to get in and see what's new. Do you know where the next show is? Isn't it going to be in Orlando? That's what uh, is on AceNet, so that's exciting. Yay. I know. Definitely going to try to hit up Harry Potter World. <laughs> you know, you won't have time. You'll be too busy buying stuff for your stores. That's probably true. We probably won't want to leave after not being able to be at one. <laughs> we probably won't leave it very much. <laughs> the best attended show ever from me. <laughs> right. Everybody's like, we were dying to get here. I can't wait to see everyone, too. I, I miss seeing people, getting to chat with others, which um, have been able to do a little bit virtually, but I'm ready to see people again. Yeah, right. You know, it, it's different when you are on a screen. And then in person, it's so much better. And yeah. you didn't realize that until, you know, COVID happened. Yeah, you didn't realize how much you missed. And, like, even though we only saw each other, you know, maybe a couple times a year, I, I loved that. And I loved, like, leaving the show, feeling, like, excited, you know, from our conversations or from new products and just going back to the store feeling, you know, really excited for the coming season. And I can't wait. I really can't. So what do you do to make keep making yourself better? Um, I, I would say like the, the, the groups I'm a part of and, and the retailers I engage with. I, I'm always trying to ask what they're doing well, what they're doing better, what, what's something, you know, that I'm struggling with. And I'll ask them, have you, have you come across this? You know, what did you do? And always trying to get the, the 
better process or if there's something, man, you know, management style-wise, how, how le learning from others. So I, I would say learning from other people, learning from others within the industry and people I know in other industries and just trying to constantly improve. And also well, having a check-in with yourself and knowing, like, what you don't do well. I think it's really I think that's really probably the most helpful for me. I'll, I'll kind of take stock sometimes and be like, what are you not doing well? What's something that you that you can either improve on or you need you need to find someone who has the skill set you don't um, and being being aware of, of yourself. What uh, what technology do you use that we should be aware of? Um, so I. I was really surprised to hear that not many people use the ACE app. I use it every day. I mean, I use it for Kibo. I don't, we don't use Kibo at the computer hardly at all. Um, we use it for sorting our truck. I, we use it for purchasing. I mean, we use that app for backstock. You know, I have all my people have an iPod with that app on it. They're walking around the store. If there's an out, they're checking to see if we have it. They're picking it from the back. I mean, we just use them so many different ways. I was really surprised that not a lot of retailers are using them. Um, another one we use is Slack. We use Slack for um, communication um, within the company. And let's see, we, we upgraded the new Zebras. We have those. We, I, we've upgraded our phones now to the new Vonage system. Um, Do you have Vonage on your Zebra? No, no. I I learned about that in one of our one of our pal calls that that they can be operated as phones. So um, we're gonna try to get that set up because we before Vonage we have all cordless. And what I love about the cordless phone is everybody had one, and so we weren't just reliant on like somebody at a desk or at the cashier to answer the phone. If you weren't with a customer, you answer the phone, um, and so everybody. Just about everybody on the floor had one, so I'm. When I heard that, I thought, oh, that'd be great. So everyone can still help answer phones, um, and but I didn't know that was a possibility. We also put a lot of the a lot of uh, dealers like Steel and some others have apps that have training apps on there, and um, we'll put those on there for people to to you know catch a quick product video. Um, and get some real quick training. There's a few vendors that have that, or you can go to their training site and you can make uh, an, an icon that looks like an app on your phone that leads straight to that part of the website. Um, so you can access quick training as well. I just think videos tend to be more engaging. Have you, um, have you seen that the ACE Learning Place has an app that you can put on there to, to go directly to Ace Learning Place? No, I didn't know that. I, I asked, I don't know when it was, I asked about it. I was like, why isn't Ace Learning Place on an app? I didn't know they had switched it to an app. No, I, maybe it's still in the works, but I thought I saw someplace that you can download something that takes you to the company that runs Ace Learning Place and get your, your learning that way. So oh, that something would be to, awesome. Something to check out. Yeah. I'll have to ask about that because if they do, that would be great. I feel like um, we have a lot more tablets and iPods um, versus like 
just standalone computers. So um, they could probably get in quick training on those. More people, um, especially during onboarding, if you have to onboard several people at once, uh, that'd be an easy way to let them all get through it and not have to tie up a computer. We don't have near as many just standalone computers or training set computers. So um, do you use a, what do you use for scheduling? Um, so we have a, a payroll processor and they also do like our HR, our onboarding for paperwork and all that. And it's called, it's Whipsley. Um, and they have a scheduling app through it that feeds the payroll. So we use it. It's, it's, um, it's a, not as, uh, flexible as some other uh, scheduling app, but it feeds into our payroll. It go, it uh, manages a whole host of other things, so we're kind of locked in with it. I I like it. It, it, it covers the basic functions, but I really like their uh, HR onboarding. You know, onboarding has become a lot simpler now that we use their system and I've really enjoyed it. It was a bit of a, a bit of a struggle getting switched from our old system to this one, but once we got all the kinks worked out, I've really enjoyed using Whitfly. Um, what new innovations are you doing? Hmm. What new innovations? I'm trying to think. <laughs> What's something new we're doing now? Um, I don't think we're I don't think we're doing I can't think of something right now that's like something completely new that we're doing, but I know as we're growing right now, um, we're looking at streamlining processes amongst the stores and we're going I don't know if you guys use the um APA assist and the scanning documents and all of that, but we're we're we are working on some of the transitioning some of the stores processes to company wide, um, so we can centralize our back office, which has been a big goal for us over the past year as we keep planning to grow and to be able to scale to size. So in putting in um, a system like Whitfley, which is scalable, redoing our back office using the APA assist and the advanced receiving and the the scanning um, has helped in centralizing our back office and hopefully as we grow more stores, we'll continue to be scalable. Um, that's something we're we're working on for ours. What's your goal for store count? Um, I would like. I'd like to see us get to 10, school, 10 stores, um, 10 stores in the next five to 10 years. Um, we are currently at five, so I think that's doable. Um, but, if, you know, we'll just see how it goes. But I would like to get to 10 stores, I think. What are some of the failures that you overcame and how did it change you as a person and a leader? Hmm. 
I think back to that um, previously we talked about um, what's the mistake I made. I, I think I really, whenever I wanted to make some of these changes in the past year, really failed to understand the amount of change in the environment this year has been and the busyness. And it really made me take a step back when it wasn't working and I was going, why isn't this working? Why isn't this flowing like I had envisioned it flowing? It made me just take, you know, take a step back and think, what's the workload that's getting put on? What's the amount of change? I mean, it's made me much more aware of goals that goals that I have that whenever to get make sure I get buy-in from the team, make sure I get adequate feedback from the team of like what's realistic in a goal to achieve and um, ha having that more communication with the group as changes are being made, seeing where they're at, seeing how I can help, seeing where there can, you know, if there's a, a roadblock to help them navigate and just not pushing, not just thinking this is just a hard point, just got to push through, but really having an understanding of that and, and more patience with it and being more helpful for the changes that we're wanting to make. What, uh, who do you follow outside of ACE that has influenced you? Outside of ACE, let me see. I don't know. I don't know necessarily if outside of ACE, but my biggest influencer would be my mom and my grandfather. The way, you know, my grandfather's now gone. And whenever I'm, you know, looking for inspiration or looking for an answer to a question I have, I think about him and think about his mentality in the stores and the way, you know, he the way he ran them and his belief, you know, his true belief that you must always take care of your customer. Your customers are the ones who take care of you. And I think of my mom who is, um, incredibly strong working in an industry that doesn't have a lot of female leads. Um, and I, those two, I would say their, their work ethic, their commitment to family, the way we work with family in the stores. I, those are my biggest inspirations, the two people I look at. I know they're not outside of ACE, but that's, those are my true inspirations. Do you listen to any podcasts? Um, I do. I, I listen to um, a lot of murder mysteries, and then I also like listening to um, learning uh, Spanish. I just recently started getting into that because I have um, a lot of people who come in the store that speak Spanish that I, I don't remember a lot of it from high school and college. I just kind of use, use it or lose it. So I've just started trying to take some, listen to some Spanish podcasts on my way to work, trying to remember and get back some basic conversation. So you mentioned about your team and sharing good reviews. 
-hmm. How do you handle bad reviews? Um, so how do I handle them with the team? With the team with the, and, and yourself and So with the team, if I if I get a bad review, you know, I, I try to look at it and first ask myself, you know, did I depending on what the situation is, you know, was there something we did or did not do that could have changed the customer's uh, outcome at the store? And I'll typically sit down if, you know, if it names a specific person, I'll typically sit down with them and go over the review and say, you know, kind of ask them, like, what are some things we could have done? What some things I could have done that would have helped you also navigate the situation? Um, in future, if a similar situation arises, you know, walking through how we would approach it and um, maybe how we could change the experience for the customer to be a positive one. Um, and then I always... I always try to um, pull on, I always try to like focus on the positive too and interactions where we succeeded and highlight what was it in that successful interaction that made them remember you and what you were really um, great at and, and what they appreciated about you. Um, but I, I think kind of just walking through them and, and, and coaching them through the experience and also asking, maybe they didn't know, you know, maybe you've got a newer person who the customer, there was something wrong with a, with an item, and they didn't know that they could offer a discount and what percentage that discount was, and the customer was upset because it was just, you know, they, they thought they just had to buy it at that price, and it was damaged, and they couldn't get a discount. Maybe it's something I failed to let them know, hey, if, if this is the situation, you're allowed to do this, and empower them to make those decisions to allow the customer to leave with a good experience. So just try to walk through the situation from both sides and, and hopefully not encounter the same situation again, or if you do know a better way to resolve it. Many companies figure out their what and how, but few ever really figure out their why. What is your why? Oh, let's see. I, uh, yeah, I was thinking about this, you know, our, our why is the customers. You know, we're there to help them. Um, I Every time I hire someone in the interview process, I always ask them, do you enjoy being helpful? Do you like helping others? The biggest part of our day is helping the people in our community and helping the team get the work done to be able to do so. It is the majority of what we are doing. And I ask that of everyone. And when our team, we work together as a team for each other. We're there to help people find what they need. They could be in a moment of panic or, you know, with the recent storms, we saw a lot of people who um, had damage or they needed to take care of, but we're there to help and help the customers and help each other. And so that is our why and help to be a helpful person there for the community and for our team. Were you affected by the recent storms? We were. Um, you know, Arkansas, a lot of people were kind of surprised that the amount of snow could cause so much damage because we just weren't made, our infrastructure wasn't designed for that much cold weather that long. And in one of our towns, they actually had to shut off the gas, which a lot of people, that was their only source of heat. And by that time, we had a lot of people who, we're already sold out of, 
um, heaters who were um, really suffering. Um, and then after uh, after the cold passed, there was a lot of damage, a lot of frozen pipes that busted, um, a lot of people had uh, plumbing problems from it that um, gave them a so gave them a lot of um, problems that we, we weren't expecting. It just wasn't wasn't something that they've experienced before. Or hadn't had that cold of weather and weren't prepared for. But um, I know other states like Texas had it even worse than us. And man, my heart just broke. It, it, it was a really bad time for areas in the South that just were caught really unprepared. So do you sell ice melt at all? We did. Actually, during the storm, we ended up selling the ice melt. We sold water softener salt, pool salt, anything that would help melt the ice. We ended up selling all the alternatives um, just so people could have something. And, um, I mean, it it worked. It got most of people. I think we ended up getting most of everybody taken care of as far as the ice melt, um, but we could have used probably five times as many heaters. Um, heaters was probably the hardest one, and then um, uh, then the ice melt after that. Do you normally stock ice melt? Yeah, I mean, we do a little bit, just enough, you know. We, we get a lot of sleet and ice, like, flush down here. So we usually keep a bit um, just for those one-offs, but we almost – we don't, we we haven't had something like this in probably close to a decade. It's been a long time, so it was um, not enough. <laughs> we definitely didn't have enough. Let's talk a little bit about advertising. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you advertise? We've we've well we've pretty much pulled all circulars. We don't do hardly anything in paper. Um, we we're part of a matching fund group um, for the Arkansas ad group that uh, we. Last year did a Velasis awareness campaign. This year the funds are going to local lift. Um, we also do our own local lift budget and we do social. Um, we engage in Facebook and Instagram. Those are the main ones we do. We do some radio for events. We haven't had very many events, so our radio wasn't a huge budget this year just because of COVID. But typically, if we do events, we'll engage the local radio stations and um, use them. I am going to look more at some targeted mails based off our services for, like, steel repair and screens, um, chain sharpening, blade sharpening, the uh, keys. Um, I'm going to look at doing some targeted ads, uh, direct mailers this year. What uh, what do you think is the best form uh, or the best return on your investment for advertising? I would say for this past year, the best results we've gotten is from local lift. But I think that's that's something we're all asking is what's the best use of digital? There's so many options. There's so many options for digital. It's so expensive, you can pour a lot of money into it. I really like um, the using the matching funds group for the local lift. I was really glad that ACE let us do that this year. I hope they 
continue to do so. Um, I think that got um, a lot of people on board the local lift. And I, I think for us, based off what we're putting money into right now, that one's doing the best. At least it's giving you the best numbers, right? Mm-hmm. If it's measuring properly. <laughs> um, let's talk about, you know, we mentioned, you mentioned before, you know, minimum wage and things like that. Mm-hmm. How is the, the the climate of trying to find team members and then, you know, the realities of what you have to pay them to um, yeah. be on your team? Yeah, it's, it is hard right now. We have some stores that struggle to get people to even apply. We have some stores that struggle to have people when they show up to stay. And then we have some stores that aren't having a problem with it at all. Um, one thing I've done differently for uh, positions is really requ- really relying on the questionnaires. Um, you know, snag a job if you use it has a lot of questions you can ask and you can send different questions a couple times. Uh, LinkedIn has some skills assessments. Um, they have mechanic skills, leadership skills, attention to detail, all these different, um, uh, what, what do they call them, uh, assessments that they send out and you can see, are they fair, good, proficient, highly proficient, um, that help you kind of review your candidates. Um, I I probably send a few round of questions through Snagajob to see um, how the people respond, why they want to work here, what they've heard about us, and how engaged they are in this um, employment process. I have found that that's helped me a lot in finding really engaged people. Um, when I went to replace a technician before using these uh, assessments in LinkedIn, that was really difficult trying to find um, a technician. It's There's not as many out there, but um, once I did that and I, I did the assessments, I could easily tell, you know, some quick information about them that, that helped me, I, I feel, be, make a better decision. Um, so getting creative with how you find people, I love some people are using these business cards that have, it looks like a business card with like a recruitment card to um, attract people when they're out shopping. If there's someone who's like doing amazing customer service, like, hey, I don't know if you've heard about us, but we're hiring too. And I think that's awesome. Um, something we're doing in one of our stores right now is piloting a uh, a, re- a tuition reimbursement program. Um, had uh heard some other stores that have been doing it, that they felt they got to keep really engaged um, potential leaders and um, wanted to try and see if that was something that we could do uh, for our stores. So uh, doing doing that at one of our locations. Um, I think we're going to get creative with how we attract people, um, keeping them, and also best use of time going forward. I know I've talked to people about digital bin tags and um, uh, AI, how it's going to play a role going forward in the big boxes with the minimum wages increasing and how we're going to be able to best use our time in the store. Um, and I think all I, I'm hoping to see 
um, some development coming from maybe a pilot program or something where we could we could look at uh, digital bin tags or look at um, redoing the the RSO orders where we're not wasting labor on stock that maybe isn't necessary, um, different things like that to get the uh, competitive advantage and still be able to keep our people. How, how much of your week is spent on finding employees or um, working with employees to try to get them in the door? At my location up in Northwest Arkansas, I'm not having that difficulty. So I don't have to spend much time. I, I haven't had a lot of turnover during this um, last year. I got really lucky in the beginning of last year. And a lot of people who were um, uh, temporary closed down during the peak spike during COVID, I had a lot of temporary people who were just looking for, you know, maybe a 12-week job until their industry opened back up. Um but I, at my location, have been really fortunate. At some of our others, um, I would say it, it's a huge part of the day, or part of the day-to-day -day is um, looking for candidates. Right now, the biggest struggle is finding people or having people apply or finding people. Um, it's something we've been talking about. We've, like I said, we've used Snagajob. We've used LinkedIn. We're looking at the cards to hand out because um, it, it is taking up too much of managers time trying to get people in the door so it's something we're looking into what is your favorite store that you visited hmm. i visited quite a few i'm trying to think which one's my favorite um I'll say the ones that stood out to me a lot were in um, Colorado when we went out there for the summit. The way some of those smaller stores pack in a lot of inventory, um, I really liked seeing how they made all that fit but still felt very open and didn't feel, you know, kind of tight or dark with, you know, they had great lighting, they had wide aisles, but they still fit in a lot of product. Um, and those stores in Colorado that had really nice updated fronts, um, I, whenever we're looking at this new store, we've kind of modeled some of the layout out front to look like that. And um, actually Haley Dow in Montana, she added some pictures of the front of her store. I haven't gotten to visit them yet, but the front of her stores um they look awesome they have a real uh they have a lot of like wood accents and i really liked it a lot have you ever been to any stores in wisconsin you're on my list i want to go up there so bad and go check out uh the store when you tell me about the one close to the stadium and the parking and everything i think that's that's got to be crazy but i i want to get up and see your stores they are on my list who should we talk to next in our podcast? Hmm. Have you um, have you talked to Paul Owens? I have not. I don't I think, think Blake has either. I think he might be a good one. It was, um, 
I'm thinking of him right now because his acquiring the three stores, um, I thought, oh, that's got to be, there's got to be a lot of interesting things going on there, you know, to grow so quickly um, and how that's been going. I know um, that was really helpful for me whenever we were out at the summit was talking to people who were right, like right before we added extra stores, what kind of the pain points they worked through were. And at a multi-store meeting, I went to same thing. And so I think it'd be interesting to hear from him um, for anyone else looking to grow and, and what, what they needed to do to be able to scale that quickly. Um, Cause a lot of your stuff changes after, I feel like after our third store, uh, we just became aware of stuff we had to do differently, um, that we had to have more set processes in place uh, company wide. So I think that he, he would be great to hear from. Anybody else? Anybody from Arkansas? Is there any other A stores in Arkansas? Yeah, there's about 30 branded Ace retailers. Um, you know what? There is John Moore. Um, I think he would be a great one. He is a next generation owner. Um, he came back into the business a few years ago. Super energetic, super engaged person. Um, I, so nice. I, I, anytime that we um, get to chat, it's always great. I think he uh, and he's in, they have one in Bakesville, or I'm sorry, one in BB, one in Searcy, and they just acquired another one in Bologna, or no, 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 Cabot, sorry, Cabot. And, and I think they would be a great, he'd be a great retailer to talk to. Awesome. I've been trying to get him to join the meetings and, and uh, come to the events. He's been trying to keep his head down and learn the business. Um, and dedicate time to it, but I, I think he would be a, a great one. He's got a, I think he's got a good marketing and advertising background as well. So um, I think he'd be really good to talk to. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to talk about today? Um, no, I think, I think we hit a lot of questions. <laughs> we did. I think it's time to, to wrap up, and, and I want to say thanks, Caitlin, for, for taking the time. Um, very informative, uh, very fun. Uh, wish you the best of success in the future, and hopefully we'll see you in a few months in Orlando. Thanks, Ryan. Yes, hope so. Have a Thank great day. Thank you for day. having we'll me, too. I appreciate you taking the time to want to chat with me. Oh, I was sleeping for most of it. I don't have to do the work for this, so I'm happy. <laughs> That's the value of a podcast. I can go back and listen to it again later and see what you actually said because I'm too busy forming my next question. <laughs> so have, have a great day, Caitlin. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon. All right. Bye, Ryan. Bye.